Good, the bad, and the ugly with Terence Pillay. Investigative journalist extraordinaire Terence Pillay joins us again. And uh, Terence, I mean this in the nicest possible way. You look like you've started Christmas parties early. <laughs> I mean, the nicest possible way. I'm just tired, Darren. It's been a long year. It's been quite a year, hey? I'm decidedly tired. Yeah. I'm looking forward to much needed, yeah. albeit short break. How long? Festive okay. season. Well, you deserve it. But seeing as this is my last show for the year, I've decided mm. to recap with some of the more memorable stories um, from this year. So you would recall that I started the year off bringing us a story of parents who need parenting. The topic was sparked after I witnessed quite a disturbing scene while driving to work. It was raining and I noticed that the woman in the car next to me um, had her window ever so slightly down, was smoking with children in the car oh, in the back that this, seat. Was that this year? That was this year. Wow. I hooted and signaled to her to stop, but she flipped me off and <laughs> sped off. I was livid and these children um, uh, that had no choice but to sit there in that smokeful car mm, mm. with this disgusting woman who really should have been behind bars. Mm. The whole incident sparked a raging debate amongst my friends about parenting and for me broadly it actually spoke to parental responsibility yeah. more than any, anything else one of my friends said that as a parent you always have this paranoia about what you can do wrong and most parents try their best to be good parents but the fact is so many people don't really know how to parent responsible responsibly so when something happens say for example some school kid goes on a killing spree mm. um, one of the first things people say is but he came from such a normal home mm. and as a parent you think the things that you will uh, that you do will influence your child the whole nature versus nurture notion Mm. and that's a huge responsibility the response from the public was quite strong which means we hit a nerve with this Mm. and I think a lot of parents related to that story Mm. Uh, then you would recall I brought the story of pet care and how some people shirk their responsibility when it comes to handling of domestic animals Mm. Uh, we mentioned the story about the domestic worker who was attacked on her way to work uh, home from work by a dog that wasn't fenced in yeah. uh, on the property and the errant owner who did not want to accept responsibility for mm. the dog. I also highlighted the story of the woman who was relocating to Cape Town and transported her dogs on an SAA flight only to find the dog had allegedly been left unattended in the scorching Durban heat yeah. um, and oh, died shame. of a heart attack yeah, due to that respiratory distress and heat stroke the vets report said mm. after the, uh, so we did two shows on that and after the first show i managed to find nicola mcintyre the owner in question mm. because i wanted to follow up on what went wrong that day with the animal and according to nicola the dog was fine when she sent it off with petport a company that handles the transporting of pets to the airport petport ha- are however limited in their access to the airport and how far they can go and had to hand the dog over to SA Cargo to complete its transit and it's here where the facts became a little unclear. According to a report the dog was kept in a pine box on a van with a canvas over it and it's unclear whether they had fed the dog any water mm. um, and my questions to a number of people on the ground at the airport yielded no answers. Um, I called I, SA I remember Cargo. that story. I was very, very worried about that because I had a friend who was flying to the UK and they had to take, well they obviously want to take their family which includes yes. their dog with and everyone's just panicking. How do you ensure the safety of your pet while you are not with it. It's, it's, it's frightening for so many people. So, I mean, in that story, you recall, I called SA Cargo for a response, but they were unable to do a live telephonic interview. Instead, I sent them some questions, which they answered. 
and um, they started with kindly note that SAA Cargo has been cleared of any liability by the SPCA Durban and then yeah. they just gave me a whole a whack of um, rhetoric yeah uh, well, but you're under sto- review now so karma the story that got me really riled up this year was one of that child at the Carlton Hill crash who was beaten up by a teacher because she threw up in class Mm. the incident uh, was recorded on a cell phone by another caregiver and the video of the teacher at a crash repeatedly slapping a young child on her head had sparked outrage in the country many South Africans called for the crash to be shut down in the video the woman was also seen hitting her on her buttocks Um, according to reports the child had vomited and the teacher made her wipe up the mess and assaulted her because she had done this. Mm. Um, at the time, Gauteng Education MEC Panyaza Lesuvi said he battled to finish watching the video of the mm. young child being beaten up mm. by a teacher. And I think most of the country battled to watch that video. Yeah, I remember uh, that too. Yeah, and the comments were a bit... And you would also recall that last year I investigated the story of the young Phoenix mother who beat up a child while her boyfriend had recorded the incident oh, on his cell phone. This year as well? In an exclusive interview at the time, the mother told me that her boyfriend was upset because a child had peed her pants. Mm. Like this case, the child in the Carltonville video mm. had simply done what children do. Mm. She threw up. Did this act warrant such a violent act, a reaction from the teacher? As far as I'm concerned, the woman in the video was not fit to be a teacher or caregiver or whatever she claimed to be. Uh, what was seen in that video was not corporal punishment, which, by the way, is illegal, mm. but a violent act of child abuse. And the person should never have been uh, and still should not be allowed anywhere near children, mm. never mind out on bail, which I believe she made. Coming up, I'm tell, going tell, to... Tell me, coming up, you have some good news stories as well. Um, yes, we did quite a good, a few good news stories, but right. they are more shocking. I mean, we are heading towards the festive season, Terence. Can we lighten it up here a bit? <laughs> <laughs> more with Terence play The Good, The Bad and The Ugly when we come back. The Good, The Bad and The Ugly with Terence Pillay. Now, Terence, please can you lighten it up a little bit? Those, those <laughs> first, the first half were like there were some heavies. By the way, every single one of these stories is still available on the website. You just look for the good, the bad, and the ugly. They're all there in case you also want a bit of depro in your day. But unfortunately, you know what? These were the uh, the way we sorted these stories yeah. out were the stories that got the most reaction from the public. And unfortunately, so unfortunately the, the good news stories they just don't get traction. They don't get traction. Okay, I'm um, going to throw one in just to change the tone a little bit. Yeah, okay? here's a good news story. The Prime Minister of Finland is a 34-year-old woman. She is young, Mm. she is beautiful, she is talented, she is witty, she is charming, she's amazing, and her entire coalition of five parties Mm. are all led by women in their 30s. That is brilliant. Unfortunately, it wasn't part of my year. Okay. So this year, flooding, <laughs> it plays it in. Yeah. Let, let's talk. I mean, it's a bit grim, but I think people need to hear these, right? Uh, this year, the flooding hit KZN hard. And we that was earlier this year, not even the latest one. That destroyed a lot of property. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we had the floods in 2017. Mm. And some areas were affected and the municipality had allocated large sums of money to do preventative maintenance on the drainage systems and to make sure the same kind of devastation didn't happen again. Then the rains hit again earlier this year. And they is, uh, issued a press statement with a long story about them having to issue a tender mm. uh, and it taking 18 months to sign the contracts and the workers had only just started on the project. But then the rains came again mm. and people lost their lives again and their yeah. homes again. Yeah. Surely this plan by the municipality in 2017 should have been more urgent. Mm. I mean, it was an emergency after all. All they needed to do was maintain the drainage system. And according to widespread news report, reports, Money approved for repairs was not spent. Mm. 
following the 2017 storm, which destroyed homes, schools, businesses and vehicles, the executive committee had immediately approved a report which stated that the estimated cost for repair infrastructure damage was more than 576 million rand. Mm. Where did that money go? Yeah. It's still unclear. Um, but perhaps one of the toughest interviews I'd done this year mm. was with Nan Lee. The mother of murdered of teenager Simon. Yeah. You know, about two years of the country was rocked by a murder so heinous it was almost unbelievable. Mm. Simon Lee, a Durban teenager working as a massage therapist, was abducted from a Durban North home where she worked with her mother Nan, who was also an es- who was an escort. Mm. Days later, her charred remains were found in a sugarcane field in New Hanover. Mm. A man, Pilani and Tuli, was arrested in connection with the murder and appeared in court several times. However, charges were yet to be put to him mm. but then Tuli, who is believed to be undergoing treatment for skin cancer died in june this year yeah. effectively bringing an end to the trial yeah, the oh, case yeah. was struck off the court's roll and the country was again largely outraged many believe that Tuli's death was an easy way out mm. and if fate um had not dealt him the blow he would have spent the rest of his life behind bars mm. nan lee simes mother said she wanted him to be held accountable yeah. for what he had done and in a radio exclusive nan opened up about her relationship with her daughter if you remember Simes' childhood how she got to this very dark point in her life mm. and you would also remember it was an emotional interview and she said she, she couldn't be held responsible for what this monster had done to her daughter yeah and following widespread criticism... But she kind of had to say that because so many people were blaming her. Yes. So following widespread criticism for introducing a daughter to the world of erotic massage, mm. Nan had gone off the grid and is now living away from Durban. Mm. Um, another significant story was the scandal surrounding our former mayor, Zandile Gomede. Mm. You may remember when she became mayor of Etiquini, um initially, I did the first interview with her in yes. the first week of office. Yeah. In that interview, she promised to clean up the municipality which had gained a muddy reputation mm. and made a very firm commitment to stamp out corruption i remember the euphoria throughout the entire province about female power woman yeah. power um and at, at the end to corruption and that was very short-lived 100 percent, and i was quite pleased about her stand um and thought it was but at that time i thought it was still early days mm. let's see what happens yeah you right? said that and I didn't know whether it was just grandstanding mm. or whatever the case may be. As it turned out in May this year, Gomedi was arrested and granted bail of 50,000 rand after she, after she appeared in the Durban Commercial Crimes Court. Mm. She faced a number of charges from corruption and fraud to and even racketeering. And she was able to pay the bail with a uh, small change in the other pair of pants. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. that's right. <laughs> the, ex, the axe fell on this disgraced mayor after she was accused of allegedly awarding an illegal tender to Durban Solid waste the sanitation company was paid in excess of 25 million mm-hmm. rand to provide 800 chemical toilets in the city it'll also answer the question of why you saw all the uh, municipal work- workers uh, dumping loads in the cbds now you understand why that happened full circle yes 100 percent. so from road rages to the comprehensive sexual uh, education program in schools from the proposed grade nine exit certificate to the men are trash campaign to my last story that involved an 11 year old boy who experienced his worst nightmare when he was detained by immigration and not allowed access oh, to his parents 
for four and a half hours because of their glitch in his passport. This year has been filled with stories that informed, educated, shocked and surprised all of us. Mm. And then, of course, there were some pretty nifty exclusive interviews as well. You yeah. know, some international ones with stars like Ed Stoppard, oh, Dion Mayer. That, that was a build up to trackers. Yeah, that's right. Local celebrities like Survivor. Dion Mayer doesn't talk to anyone, Terence Pillay. And we got that exclusive. How interview. nice was that? Good job, Mr. Mayor. And so we spoke to Nico Pinaggio, the mm-hmm. new Bachelor South Africa. Remember, we even yeah. submitted our own candidates. Yes. So that was. And he's a Durban boy. That isn't was quite Durban boy. Yeah. And, and then uh, KZN guy had won Survivor this mm-hmm. year. And we yeah. got the first interview with him yep. as well. Which and he was joined really good. us at Hollywood Bed Stadium as well. And That's he's, right. He's, like, uh, he's our guy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Kerry is not yet. She's popped out. She has, I know she's with the Greek, but she has the biggest crush on Rob. You have no idea. I think the whole country does. Is he that? Is he that? Is he, is he all that in a bag of chips? Um, he's okay. He won Survivor. That's what he else. He won Survivor. Can, I mean, can you change your wheel? <laughs> he's a Survivor. <laughs> um, but so I'm looking forward to bringing you bigger and better stories next year. Um, We'll have to see how it goes. Maybe there, there will be a few more good news stories. Can, we, can I just say that? Going I, into 2020, your feature is called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Let's not leave out the good. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I mean, you must remember that we live in South Africa. Yeah. So as long as we live in South Africa, as, I have a job. As we wrap up, let me ask you, okay, the listener. Share the good stories, because that's why Terence just gave yeah. you a list of all the ones that you engaged in. We'll put up a competition where you can win 20,000 Rand and we get 17 comments. We'll put up a competition or we'll put up photos of floods on the south coast and it gets 5,000 mm. views. So I'm saying is do your bit as well. Make the good news spread as much as the bad news and maybe it'll infect us uh, as a society. Yes, no? Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, what the important thing is that we go behind the story yeah. uh, on, on the good, the bad and the ugly. So it's not just what people are seeing in in newspapers mm. and magazines and all of that. Uh, we go behind the news. And I think that's what people want to hear. They yeah. want to get to the, the nitty gritty yeah. of the story. Well, Terence, thank you for all the stories. Thank you for all the bravery. Thank you for all of the exclusive Stand. interviews. And uh, you, listen, take a break. Enjoy your break. And I'll see you back in 2020. I'm going to sleep for two weeks. <laughs> there you go, Sleeping Beauty.